Well, good morning, Skillman family. It's so good to be with you virtually this morning. And I hope that as you sit down at the table or on the sofa with a cup of coffee in hand, I hope that you know that you are in the presence of the Lord this morning. No matter how you feel, God is with you. In the good days where we delight in the rest that God is providing us, and in the more difficult days where we might wonder, how long, O Lord? God is present. Over the last couple of weeks, John Mark has been leading us in a conversation about the book of Lamentations. And of course, last week, we took a little break from Lamentations to celebrate the women in our congregation and in our lives who have helped to shape and form us. And uh, to all the moms and the mother figures out there who have been such a blessing to so many of us, uh, we said thank you. And we continue to say thank you. And uh, so we, we took a break from our series on lament because lament might not always be the right tone when we discuss motherhood or, or, or uh, when we want to celebrate uh, women in our congregation. But of course, of course, lament does speak to us. It speaks to all of our relationships, whether with parents or with others in general. And so lament speaks to us right now as we mourn the loss of a way of life that is simply not available to us in the same way that it once was. And so this week, we return to the topic of lament, concluding our series on the the book of Lamentations as we prepare to engage the topic of hope in the weeks to come. And now the temptation, uh, or at least the temptation for me, is to jump directly into that much-anticipated topic of hope, to connect lament with hope. But for today, join me in waiting for that moment. It will come. It's nearby. But today we remain focused upon this topic and the study of the book of Lamentations. Now, as we began our study, we let Lamentations ask us a couple of questions. For instance, why, why do, what do we do with feelings of pain and loss and suffering? And we began to read and, and to understand that in the book of Lamentations, it says that we create space for honest and open responses to God that truly reflect our experiences. And then following that lesson, we continued to listen to the narrator expressing the situation of the people. And we learned that it's not our job to give a cheap theodicy or God talk to those who are in the midst of suffering. Instead, it's our responsibility to be with and for those are hurting. It's not our responsibility to explain their suffering away. And so now this week we turn to the final chapters of this book because it's in these final chapters that we begin to expect God to show up and for God to begin to make things right that have been wrong. We expect God to enter the picture with answers and with healing. And yet that's not how this book ends. Look with me at these final verses of the book. Of Lamentations, starting in chapter 5, verse 15. Joy has left our heart. Our dancing has changed into lamentation. The crown has fallen off our head. We are doomed because we have sinned. Because of all this, our heart is sick. Because of these things, our glance is dark. Mount Zion, now deserted, only jackals walk on it now. But you, Lord, will rule forever. Your throne lasts from one generation to the next. 
Why do you forget us continually? Why do you abandon us for such a long time? Return us, Lord, to yourself. Please let us return. Give us new days like those long ago, unless you have completely rejected us or have become too angry with us. This book does not end with God swooping in to rescue the situation. Lamentations will not insult us or our experiences of sadness, grief, and loss by explaining them away. It ends with the people of Israel, the people who have returned to Jerusalem as it sits in shambles after having been destroyed, and the people carried all over the face of the earth wondering, where is God? Why has God not done something? Why does God remain hidden from us? See, the book opens by inviting us to be honest with how we feel towards God. And the truth is that sometimes we wish God would do something different, don't we? There are plenty of times when we wish that we could stand in front of God and say, why? Remember, God is on trial in this book. God has been absent, and the people want to know where God is and why God has left them in their darkest moments. This is anything but a story about a Pollyanna God who only cares about our pursuit of happiness. I mean, listen to that verse 15 again. Joy has left our heart. Our dancing has changed into lamentation. It's the very people, uh, it's the very opposite of what Jeremiah said about the people just a few days prior to this. Uh, In Jeremiah 31, uh, verse 13, Jeremiah prophesies, and he says, Then the young woman will dance for joy. The young and the old will join in. I will turn their mourning into laughter and their sadness into joy. I will comfort them. But Lamentations reminds us that life is not so simple as a one-size-fits-all experience. Life is complex, and and there's an infinite number of experiences. And here, in this book, we find a people who have been wounded. Their identity and their ideas about God have been changed by what has happened to them. And they're left now to try to pick up the pieces and to reform what they can of their lives, knowing what they do know now. And so as the book ends, the people can't help but to finish on a note of despair. Their situation won't allow them to do anything else. Please return to us, Lord, they say, unless you have completely rejected us. So what are we to do with this message of lament? This message that doesn't end in hope for renewal or even hope that God will right the wrongs that have been done to them. This story where God seemingly doesn't show up and God doesn't respond to their pain. Well, I think that there are three lessons that we can learn from this book. And as we conclude, I think these lessons point to one commitment that we can make. And the commitment is this, to trust God with all that we are. Later on, Jesus will express this by saying that we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Basically, Jesus says to give yourself to God in love fully, all that you are. Hold nothing back. 
Not even, as we learn from books like this one, our anger, disappointment, sadness, grief, or despair. So here, I think, is how this book helps us to do, to do this. Here are the three lessons that point to that truth. First, turn to God even when you're not sure he's there. This is the witness that we receive over and over again throughout Scripture. It's like a record on repeat. When something is wrong, take it to God. Because God can handle our emotions. God is not intimidated by tough questions. Instead, God desires that we place our trust in him by bringing him everything. Secondly, don't hold back. Earlier on, the prophets are quick to remind us that we ourselves are not just. That it's precisely because of us, in many instances, that there is pain and and difficulty in our lives. Because sin is alive in our world and it's alive in our communities, even in the larger systems that we have put together, systems like governments or institutions, even like churches. But the author of the Psalms, the author of Job, and the author of Lamentations remind us that the evil that is present in the world is not just because of our sinfulness. Sometimes there are things beyond our control, powers that work outside of our motivations and innovations. And these powers and principalities can disrupt life and they can destroy the trust that God deserves. And so the lesson from this book is to not hold back. Tell God when these powers and principalities are active in your life. Ask God to intervene. Because not all evils are a result of what you or I have done. And God asks us to trust him, to not hold anything back, but to turn over every part of our life, even the parts that we have no control over. And finally, take the long view. Take the long view. This is where Christian hope will push us towards that God in the end will set this world right. And that my problems in this exact moment might not be fixed the way that I want them to be. And the wounds that I have might not be healed in the way that I want them to be. But over and over again in scripture, we encounter a people who are engaged in a promise that God has given them. The promise that God will set this world right. That there is reason to hope that there are better days ahead than the the days behind. That ultimately, God is at work in this world and God will defeat the powers and principalities fully and finally. We can see this hope expressed in the statement like the one that we see in verse 21. Give us a new day. A day like those long ago. The days when God was with his people. The days when God will ultimately bring the heavens and the earth together fully and finally under the power, love, and lordship of Jesus through the Spirit. Martin Luther King Jr., in his work to bring peace among people of different skin colors and to bring equality to the black community during the civil rights movement, said this, the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards justice. That all of our experiences, all of the world around us, that there is so much happening, that there is so much taking place. 
but Martin Luther King Jr. joins with the authors of Scripture and followers of Jesus throughout the centuries and says that it all is leading towards justice. Church, these are unprecedented days for us. There is much to lament, whether it's related to this crisis or not. Our world and the people in it continue to to face experiences that lead to hurts, pain, and loss. And so this week, I encourage you to be a person of peace by continuing to place your trust in God. Have a steady witness that the moral arc of the universe may be long, but ultimately it bends towards justice. That there is reason to have hope in this world, even in the midst of difficult situations. Church, it's in this trust that we may just find that God is continuing to work in us and in our lives, even if it's in unexpected ways altogether.